many of the features that the muhaddisin have mentioned about sahabai kiram ajma'in the main feature that really stands out is we notice that sahabai kiram ajma'in would have this great craving to receive anything that was a personal belonging of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam anything that was of a personal belonging of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam they would have this desire to take that even if it meant that allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would gift it to them or it was given to them by some of the senior companions as a token of love this is something that is considered to be one of the main features of ashab kiram ridwanullahi ta'ala alayhim ajma'in they would show no compromise and a lot of the things today we don't understand is because we don't have that love we don't possess that love that sahabai kiram ajma'in had for nabi kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and so at times it's very easy for a person to become a critic and to criticize something it's very simple you come from a different environment you come from a different culture you come from a complete different background and if you put yourself in front of the companions of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and how they were allahu akbar it's a complete different picture and so it's very very important that we understand how sahabai kiram ajma'in would react when it came to some of the sentimental values and gifts that were given to the companions and just to explain to you we have all heard of hazrat khalid bin walid radiyallahu ta'ala an what a great commander and chief for the muslims resting today in syria allahu akbar the mu'arrikhin have mentioned that a single hair of rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was given to him bas ikbal and they treasured anything that was of a personal belonging of rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam be it in the form of clothes or be it even the physical part of rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam they treasured it until death that single hair became inseparable from hazrat khalid bin walid radiyallahu ta'ala it is said that he had this special cap a topi that he had and he would never go out without wearing this topi and what he did was that he inserted and attached that auspicious single hair of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the inside part of the topi here and so wherever he went be it in the battlefields or even in the city of madinatul munawwara for he embraced islam much later on after makkah muqarrama was conquered it is said that the hair of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam would touch the head of khalid bin walid radiyallahu ta'ala this is how much they loved rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it suffices for me to say blind love blind love for rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam today if you speak in front of an audience and say that some of the sahaba even drank the blood of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam to them it is strange 
To them it is strange. It is not strange for them to take drugs, smoking cigarettes, and taking inside things that are harmful to the body. But when you speak about Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahu Akbar, you'll see creases on the forehead. They don't understand. Why? Because our level of Iman is so low. And that love we don't have of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We really don't understand when, when an alim speaks that yes, Hazrat Ruqayya and Hazrat Zainab, two daughters were in the nikah of Hazrat Uthman. Have we ever pondered and thought what it actually means to have two daughters of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in one's man, one man's nikah? Of course not two together. One had passed away and then the second came into the nikah of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. So wherever he went, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid would always have his topi. In fact, once it is said that he walked out without his topi, not realizing, the wife came running at Khalid bin Walid and said, Oh my dear husband, I am here to give you your topi. Allahu Akbar. And he put it on. This was the love that Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een had for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when it comes to love, there are no laws. When it comes to love, there are no laws. And that is why in one hadith, Allah's Nabi has said, اُذْكُرُ اللَّهِ حَتَّى يُقَالْ مَجْنُونَ Make the dhikr of Allah, remember Allah so much. Sitting, standing, sleeping, walking, buying your transactions, doing whatever you do. Do the dhikr of Allah so much, so much Allah comes out from you, that someone might even say to you that this man is insane in the love of Allah. These were Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een. A single hair, and this is just one famous account of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, the hair became inseparable from him. And in fact, Qazi Ayaz has mentioned that in Madinatul Munawwara, the incurable were cured by Amma Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. The incurable were cured by Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha as of course the one who cures is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but the methodology that is applied this is what I wish to explain subhanallah not only was she a great scholar in the field of hadith hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but after the demise of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam she was the blessed soul that had many of the clothes and the garments of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many of the kurta of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam she kept in her possession. And so when someone was ill in Madinatul Munawwara, critically ill, very ill, that is the time they would come to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and what she would do is that she would soak the kurta, the kameez, of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in water and then give that water to drink to that mariz, to that person who is sick. Give it. But unfortunately today we have more faith in paracetamol. You know, and when we talk about this, people don't understand. They find it strange. You know why they find it strange? Because their hearts have not opened up to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when your heart don't open to Rasulullah, that means your heart is not open to the Qur'an. 
And when your heart is not open to the Qur'an, that means your heart is not open to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why Allah's Nabi has said that it has got this domino effect. You love my Sahabi, you love me. You love me, Allah loves you. You dislike my Sahabi, it means you dislike me. You dislike me, it means you dislike the Qur'an. You dislike the Qur'an, it means Allah dislikes you. Subhanallah. That is the pattern, my respected brothers. And that is why Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu dkhulu fi silmi kafatan. Enter in its entirety in Islam. So people would come, she would soak the kurta, the sleeve of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in water and give it to that maris to drink. Only if death was decreed for that person, it was another matter. Otherwise Allah would give that person shifa in less than half a day. Immediately shifa was given. Why? It was given, Allahu Akbar, with a lot of yaqeen that this is the kurta of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa And in fact, some of the mu'arikheen have even mentioned, those who have written the tarikh of Madinatul Munawwara, that at times even a bottle of water was given. Subhanallah al How my respected brothers, this was the love that Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een had for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uncompromising. And so the reason why I'm mentioning this to you, my respected brothers, the kurta is just a cloth, a material that was worn by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That single hair was one body part of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah Imagine Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an status to have the flesh and bones of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The two daughters, Ruqayya and Zainab, were the daughters of Rasulullah. That means the blood of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was flowing in them. And for Hazrat Uthman to have, Allahu Akbar, someone that was part of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a wife, imagine the status that Allah has given And it is the Shia propaganda today, the Shia propaganda today, which the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaat even fall prey of, that today unfortunately we just recognize Hazrat Fatima and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And when it comes to the Ahlul Bayt, our knowledge is so deficient that we think Hazrat, the Ahlul Bayt is only Bibi Fatima. Only Bibi Fatima, which is wrong. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had many daughters. And in fact two daughters were married to Hazrat Uthman. But no one gives that fame to Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. And why? Because the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'at have, have no time to understand the status of the Khulafai Rashidi. In fact when we study the seerah and the biography of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, my respective brothers, it, it seems that it was a race between the companions that they, want, they would want to show the different relationship that they had with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa The different relationship. Ham Katan, no, is related to me from my father also, and he's related to me from my mother also, and also my auntie, there's another relationship. Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in would actually take pride in showing the relationship to Rasul. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is why when we look at Khulafai Rashidin, all of them were related to Rasul. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The first two were the father-in-laws of Rasul. 
sallallahu alayhi bibi aisha and hafsa were the daughters of hazrat abu bakr and hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala and that would mean that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the son in law but of course in status uh, subhanallah he is sayyidul awwalin wal akhirin but in relationship hazrat abu bakr and hazrat umar farooq radiyallahu anhuma were the what were the father in laws and the the last two hazrat uthman and hazrat ali were the son-in-laws of Rasul sallallahu alayhi in fact an extra merit goes to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala as he comes and he pushes in and he comes and he says to Hazrat Ali that I want to marry your daughter so that I want to show my relationship and close connection that I have with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam through another avenue and he got married to the daughter of Bibi Fatima he got married to the daughter of Bibi Fatima and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala answered to the daughter that the best man you can marry in this dunya is Umar ibn al-Khattab. Subhanallah. And you will find a lot of historians today, my respected brothers, who are the enemies of Islam, who speak evil about the grandson of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Hassan. Not Hazrat Hussain, Hazrat Hassan. And why do they speak bad about Hazrat Hassan? They say that Hazrat Hassan is one Sahabi who had many, many wives. How many wives? Many, many wives. Today, if a man marries a second wife, or a third wife, or a fourth wife, the whole world starts to talk about him. Ah, you see, that chap got married again. But, when people do zina, no problem. When people do zina, no problem. This is the dunya that we live in. This is the dunya that we live in, Allah. That you follow the sunnah or you do something that is accepted in sharia, that is not accepted by people. But that which is accepted by the disbelievers is then accepted also by the believers. Allahu Akbar. And so they say that Hazrat Hassan was a man who kept many, many wives. Not four wives, this man had many wives, more than twenty much more, he had many many wives, and that is the truth. So, Hazrat Hassan was that Sahabi who had many many wives. Now, how are you going to explain to a man who hasn't even got any understanding of Islam, and you explain to him why there was a need for Hazrat Hassan to marry to so many women? People don't have that understanding. Subhanallah, it is said that the different Arab tribes. Listen to me very carefully. The different Arab tribes wanted their daughters to marry Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala so that the tribe would have a relationship with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and that that tribe would have a connection and that the lineage and the descendancy is totally connected with Hazrat Hassan and then Hazrat, if it's connected to Hazrat Hassan, it's connected to Hazrat Fatima, and Hazrat Fatima is the daughter of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that, so that precious blood of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam flows in the different tribes, flows in the different tribes. And so Hazrat Hassan wanted to give that opportunity, and so many women married Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala aliyazu billah it was not an uncontrolled perversion of Hazrat 
Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an, but rather, but rather a blessing, so that he opened up an avenue for the Muslim ummah, so more and more people were related to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was the only reason. Otherwise there was no reason for Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala. In fact, at times he was pressured. He was very, very handsome. He was the grandson of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And people loved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they wanted to make sure that one girl is connected to the family of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the different Arab tribes did not hesitate at all and said, yes, Hazrat Hassan must compromise and he must even marry our daughter. And whoever Allah wanted, subhanAllah, from any of the women, they were even blessed with the children from Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala. So that was the reason, my respected brothers. Anything to do with Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, generally for the ummah was something very, very special. That is why you even find today, especially people from the subcontinent, they're known as Sayyid. What are they known as? Sayyid. But at times we've got too many Sayyids now. You know, it can be a bit doubtful that, you know, really if your family tree is connected to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but very conveniently people try to become Sayyid. And... Unfortunately, sometimes they adopt this notion that my daughter, because she might be Sayyid and from the family tree of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she can only marry someone who is of the same descendancy, uh, which is also wrong. And at times they don't even marry. So khair, this is another masla. But what I am saying, my respected brothers, it was a craving for Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een to have something which was of a personal belonging of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, one sahabi was given an asa, an asa, by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a gift. And that sahabi carried the asa his entire life. And when he was about to pass away, he said to the family members that this asa was gifted to me by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I bequest and I make my wasiya to you. That when I die, I want this asa to be buried with me. MashaAllah. To be buried with me. Now this is, mas'ala is something that is totally different. But this was a gift that was given by Hazrat A, Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu Akbar. That is why in, and I mentioned this, that in one hadith it is mentioned that a young man got married and Allah's Nabi gave him a present, a bottle. A, a bottle. In it was the perspiration of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aapka prasina mubarak usmeta. As a wedding gift. As a gift to this sahabi. And it was said that sahabai kiram ajma'een would use the, the, the prasina mubarak, the perspiration of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on special occasions like weddings or juma or any other time uh, Eid festival on Eid days, and this man when he got married, he applied the, the itr that was given to him in the form of the perspiration, and he also gave it to the bride. And it is said so much fragrance was coming out from this house, that the house was known as Darut Tayyibin, the house of perfume. The house of perfume. And one of the famous Sahabi, whose name is Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala, one of the last companions to pass away. One of the last companions to pass away. 
And it is through Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala and many were given the opportunity to become tabi'een. Those who had seen a sahabi. So Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala was a, a great sahabi and also a khadim of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many ahadith have been narrated by him. It is said that the mother of Anas radiallahu ta'ala and Ummah Sulaim was a very special lady. She was the one who would collect and the storer of the, the perspiration of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she would distribute it to the women. And so there was a collection of itar in her house. And when Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala an was about to pass away, he said to the people that when you give my body ghusl, make sure you rub on my body the, 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 the perspiration, the pasina mubarak of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on my body. And this was done for Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala. This was the love that Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een had, my respected brothers. Now with a few examples given to you, imagine my respected brothers, to have two daughters of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the nikah of one individual who is Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. No man in human history has been given this honor besides Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. And in one hadith which is narrated in Mishkatul Masabi, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ رَفِيكٌ وَرَفِيقِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ عُثْمَان بِنْ عَفْوَان That for every Nabi there is a Rafiq, a friend. And my friend in Jannah is Uthman. Allahu Akbar. Now generally in the Arabic language, to promote the word friendship, many words are used. The common word is Sahabiyun. That is the word generally uh, given to the companions because they were the companions so they were sincere friends of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam so a friend is also known as sahabiyun in the Quran Allah speaks of those that supported Hazrat Isa as the hawariyun and Allah has described them as also the ansarullah kunu ansarullah kama qala Isa ibn Maryam lilhawariyin man ansari ilallah and the word ansar is also used in the Quran to describe the people of Madinatul Munawwara Ansar means helpers and the supporters of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So different words were used. Now a question might come to mind is that if all of the Sahabi were friends, what is so good and special about Hazrat Uthman? Now the word Rafiq in the Arabic language denotes a very higher degree of relationship than Sahabiyun. A very higher degree of relationship than Sahabiyun. You will only allow your daughter to marry that person who you have full confidence in. That you trust totally. Only then you will allow your daughter to marry that person. And imagine the trust that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had with Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala that he said that he is my friend and my companion in Jannah and that is why he gave two daughters and he then said to Hazrat Uthman after the demise of Zainab radiallahu ta'ala that Uthman I have no more daughters but if I had more daughters I would give all of them to you one after another Allahu Akbar another very important issue my respected brothers we need to understand is the ranking of Sahaba-i Kiram Ajmain. generally the Khulafai Rashidin 
uh, of the highest position, then comes the Ashra Mubashra. But amongst Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, those that were held in high esteem were those Sahaba who were known as the Badariyin, or those who participated in the Battle of Badr. 313 Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, highly ranked. In fact, Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een would be very careful. When they would take the name of a Sahabi, they would say, Remember, that person is not an ordinary Sahabi, Badariyun. What would they say? Badariyun. That he is a man of uh, that caliber that who participated in the Battle of Badr. So he is a great Mujahid. So a very high rank status is given to a Badari Sahabi. And I have come across many, many books. Those who are the enemies of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaat, who have not portrayed Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala in the right way. And several pages are written to show that Hazrat Uthman is that Sahabi who was absent from the Battle of Badr. Hazrat Uthman was absent from the Battle of Badr. Yet, this is a great honor to be as a Mujahid to wage war against the Mushrikeen of Makkah and to be in the Battle of Badr, but Hazrat Uthman was not there. And this is what they say. They want to defame the image of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and in a very dubious manner, they don't explain the truth and the reality that is behind why Hazrat Uthman was absent. In fact, Hazrat Uthman was that Sahabi who was not only ready himself, but he would even prepare and sponsor others to partake in a jihad. He would sponsor them. I'll give you the sword, I'll give you the horse, I'll give you the weapon. I'll give a hundred. If you remember, and I don't want to touch on this, he sponsored so many, because Allah had given him a lot of wealth. So what is it that Hazrat Osman radiallahu ta'ala an was not there in the battle of Badr? Again, very quickly, we need to remember that when the battle of Badr took place, Hazrat Ruqayya was ill. Hazrat Ruqayya was very, very ill. Ruqayya is the daughter of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hazrat Uthman had geared up to fight. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, No, go back, go to Madinatul Munawwara and attend to your wife, Hazrat Ruqayya. And like how obediency towards jihad is fundamental for those who participated in the Battle of Badr, obediency to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was also very important here. When Allah's Nabi said to him, No jihad for you. Jihad is postponed, you have to look after Hazrat Ruqayya radiallahu ta'ala. That is why a man came from Egypt to Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar during the time of Hajj and he said, is it true in Egypt they say that Hazrat Uthman was not present in the battle of Badr. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar very quickly explained to them, yes, but this was also because of the instructions given to him by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he followed a hadith and he said, Allah's Nabi said, Laka ajru rajulin shahida badran. That you will get the reward, full reward of that person who participated in the battle of Badr. Not only that, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam allocated for him a portion of the booty that the Muslims had received from the battle of Badr. So even though he was not there, Subhanallah, according to the Sharia and 
the wisdom of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if a booty, a share is given, that is like a person who actually participated in the battle of Badr. Now the question might be, why Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala missed out from the battle of Badr, attending to the needs of Hazrat Ruqayya radiallahu ta'ala anha? Let us understand, my respected brothers, that this was not a common illness like flu that Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala would remain behind. This was a severe illness, life-threatening, and she was suffering from measles. At that time, there was no cure, and she was very weak. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew, of course, that the battle of Badr is something that is going to be well documented. Many verses of the Qur'an speak of the battle of Badr. Many ahadith speak of the battle of Badr. So at that critical juncture, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wanted to show the importance of hukukul ibad. What did he want to show? The importance of hukukul ibad. Your looking after those who are under you. You're giving the rights to those who you are responsible for. Hukukul ibad. And especially the husband, he wanted to show the ummah that at times... Looking after your family is so important that even a noble act like jihad can be postponed for a person. Even jihad can be postponed for a person in different circumstances. And here to show how important it is for the husband to look after the wife. Unfortunately today you see many of the people, they live on the money that is earned by the wife. They expect the wife to work whilst this man is at home enjoying and babysitting without a valid reason. Without a valid reason. And the, the Western society affects us, my respected brothers. Allahu Akbar Kabira. We have not even understood the duties of mother, father, husband, wife and children. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ar-rijalu kawamuna ala nisa. That is why Allah's Nabi said, Hazrat Uthman is not to go to fight. Men are the protectors and the guardians of the women folks. And the duty of a woman is to be the best wife, the best mother, and to nurture and bring up children as iconic figures in the Muslim world. As iconic figures in the Muslim world. That is the duty of the mother. But what is happening today in Oxford, for the first time, isn't it Hafiz Adam? For the first time, a woman took uh, the, the musalla and the pulpit, she delivered a sermon, and she led a mixed audience of men and women, and she became an imam for the first time in England. Yeah. A woman imam. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Next, what they will say is that we want to revise the laws of Islam so much that everyone should be given the rights. Islam should even accept gay marriages. Islam, and so it should be no surprise if a Muslim priest agrees to marry two men in the masjid. That is how low we have become. That is how low we have become. Not a single woman was given nabuwat. Not a single. Even Hazrat Maryam alayhi salam in the Quran, clearly not a single scholar will say that 
she was a Nabiya, never ever. Every Nabi was a man. Every, in fact, even Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was not allowed in the committee of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. The committee, the shura members of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in that were there. Yes, if there was a need, if a need arised to ask Amma Aisha something, she was a, a great lady, the, the, the mother of the believers. Individually a, a person could ask. But Hazrat Umar never allowed a woman to be part of any committee. Never committee. Today you give this much, tomorrow they want this much. Today you talk about freedom, freedom, and that is why, yes, it is okay for a woman at times to come to the masjid and pray, rather than make her salat kaza, and if there is no venue for her, then the masjid door must be open. But we must not give them the targheeb, the incentive. For them it is better even to pray at home. For them it is better. But when you say and you speak in this tone, what do they say? Oh, you see, men never give any rights to women. Men never give any rights to women. Allahu Akbar. And this is very, very wrong, my respected brothers. Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. And this is what they want. They want, it's a publicity stunt. They want a lot of publicity. So for the first time in England, a woman becomes an imam. Next, Allah knows what will happen. And so my respected brothers and elders, let us not sell our iman. There are people out there that speak in a very sweet tongue, that push you out from the bases and the, the beautiful paragon of the Qur'an, the pattern of the Qur'an. And we need to understand that we have to refer to our scholars who are of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaat before any decision is given. So that was the reason why Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an was not allowed to come to show the people the importance of Rukukul Ibad. Another thing inshallah and we conclude the session, something, uh, a very important incident that occurred. Now, whilst Allah's Nabi was engaged in the battle of Badr, Hazrat Ruqayya radiallahu ta'ala anha actually passed away. She actually passed away in Madinatul Munawwara, just to show the, the severity of her illness, that she just passed away. And when she passed away, on one side it was good news for the Muslims, because the news was breaking that Muslims were returning back victorious, and a lot of the kuffar were taken as prisoners. But on one side, in Madinatul Munawwara, it was a sad moment, because of the demise of the daughter of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What did Hazrat Uthman do? Immediately he made arrangements for her burial. He did not wait for the coming of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Halake, she was the daughter of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Immediately he made arrangements for her burial. But today what do we do? Oh no, try to delay. Our relations are coming from Pakistan. Oh no, our relations are coming from India. Oh no, we have to take the body to Pakistan. Oh no, we have to take the body to Bangladesh. Allahu Akbar. What good does it do to a person if you take the body to Bangladesh, to India, to Pakistan, to Africa, or to any part of the world? This is not the right spirit, my respected brothers. Let us look at the seerah. Immediately, the burial had taken place. Immediately. And that is why Allah's Nabi has said that generally, to be quick in your good actions is not accepted. Jalbazi. But there are 
certain acts in Islam in which a person should hasten, in which a person should hasten to do it quick. One is when a lady, when a child becomes balig, reaches the age of maturity, especially the girl, then the father must quickly consider getting her married. Take. Second, if you have debt on you, quickly pay your debt. Quickly pay your debt. Thirdly, when you have mehman come into your house, don't make excuses. Immediately give them the best hospitality. Prepare food for them. And uh, fourthly, don't waste time in repentance. In repentance. The shaitan tells you, don't worry, you've committed the sin, Haji Sab. Do tawbah when you go for umrah or when you go for hajj. No, no, no. Immediately do repentance. Immediately. And finally, when someone passes away, bury them immediately. These are the five main uh, acts explained by, explained by the, uh, the scholars in which a person should hasten. Ulama have mentioned that four things elevate a person's position in Jannah. In dunya, to, to have this quality of forbearance. Para mutahammil mizaj. Sabar karne wala. Sabar. The second quality that must be in generosity. A man who, who does not fear. A man who gives in the path of Allah. Third, humility. A man who is, who is meek, humble. And fourth, sublime character. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. In the beginning we touched on the virtue of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. There's much to be said with regards to the biography of the seer of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. My request to the brothers is, please, mashallah, be consistent and come and sit in these gatherings and learn about the sacrifices of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een and a lot of the events that had especially taken place during the Khilafat of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Ali. It is so important for our youth and our young ones to understand, inshallah, if, if time allows us, slowly, slowly we will even cover every aspect of the biography of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammadin nabil umi wa ala alihi wa salim taslima nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk sami'na wa ta'ana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayk al-masir birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin